Contractors might have to make permanent adjustments to their business models and their expectations about the federal market. That's according to longtime consultant Larry Allen, president of Allen Federal Business Partners. He's wondering if, after the upcoming summer buying season, frosty shutdowns will follow like Christmas. We are entering a period of a new normal, to borrow a phrase. A number of contractors were saying as recently as the end of April that they had yet to be fully paid on invoices they had submitted for work done prior to the shutdown earlier this calendar year and that some were predicting that it would maybe be till the 1st of June before we entered a period of what anybody could call normal business operations with payments up to date and business proceeding. That gets us again to just a couple of months in the fiscal year to get all the government's work done, Tom, which is nothing new. But the thing that I want my clients to know about and other contractors is that While the shutdown we just had was record-setting in the terms of number of days, it wasn't that long ago that another record had been sent. And we're also looking at leaders in Congress telling us openly, look, the period of acrimony that we have up here on the Hill, the fact that we have a presidential election coming up uh, in 2020, we may be entering a time where we are going to have shutdowns, sequestrations, periods of high uncertainty. So if you're a government contractor, you have to prepare for this sea change in how your market is going to conduct itself. Nobody likes having the government shut down, but if you know that there's a probability that it could shut down, then you're prepared better for it. And this is what I'm telling contractors. You need to get out ahead of the game. Rather than not expecting a shutdown, expect a shutdown, plan appropriately. What are your financial reserves going to look like? How are you going to retain your key people? These are all critical questions to continued success. It's really a form of risk management then for contractors. It's risk management, Tom, but it's something that I think needs a lot more uh, discussion because it's not immediately clear to everybody that, hey, we could have shutdowns now almost every year for the next couple of years. Or, hey, there's some beginning to be some more serious discussion about a potential sequestration uh, in the coming months. We need to make sure as contractors that we're prepared to ride out these changes in uh, our business climate. And if you're not prepared, then you're going to get in trouble. You're going to have your company potentially in jeopardy, have problems with cash flow, problems retaining key people. And it's difficult for businesses to focus on, Tom, because it's something that might happen, that could happen rather than something like business that's right in front of you that you have to conduct. Yet, just because the, you might run into a telephone pole, you know that's why cars have bumpers on them, that's why we have airbags, because people do run into telephone poles. Plan accordingly so that you don't do that. I guess another question for contractors at companies that have large commercial businesses and this has always been a source of tension, at least for those with commercial businesses that enter the federal market, and knowing how long the sales cycles can be and how long it can take for all of that business development to actually result in sales. 
I'm wondering if anyone has done a study of the profitability, you know, the cash flow potential of federal business, even with all of these vicissitudes that you've mentioned that companies can run into. Is it still worth doing federal business? I wonder if companies are going to be asking that. Tom, I think that a number of companies that have viable commercial business are going to be asking themselves that question. Look, federal business may not be the most profitable in the world for many government contractors, uh, but it's not bad business. It's good business uh, to have. Uh, it's been a reliable payer up until now with shutdowns. Uh, so people like doing business with the U.S. government. It's a good market. But like any other market, if the risk becomes too high and you have readily available alternative customers, I think you're going to see companies that have viable commercial business start to pay more attention to those channels. Whereas if you're a traditional government contractor and government business is your business, then you don't really have any alternatives uh, unless you want to go out and create a commercial operation. And you're going to have to prepare accordingly to ride out what's going to be increasingly big swings, I think, in open, closed government, in when the spend comes, uh, increasingly, uh, it's going to be more loaded at the back end uh, than it has been even traditionally. Uh, and these are all issues that businesses are going to have to confront. And I do think we will see some companies, particularly some smaller businesses that have the ability to sell in their communities, elect to go elsewhere. We're speaking with Larry Allen, president of Allen Federal Business Partners. And I guess it's true to the the membership at the Tower Club hasn't dropped precipitously yet. So I guess things are still fairly normal. It's crowded on the Beltway. And switching gears here, this whole long-running dispute between Oracle Corporation, and which we should point out started in federal and then branched to commercial, and the Jedi cloud acquisition of the Defense Department raises some old issues that still come up from time to time that people maybe forget about, and that's the conflict of interest potential. Tom, there is a potential conflict of interest here, and we're talking about Oracle Inc. amending its complaint in the ongoing suit they have against DOD and on the JEDI contract. And what Oracle is alleging here is that uh, Amazon Web Services had meaningful employment discussions with at least two DOD employees who were working directly on the JEDI procurement. And at least one of those employees uh, went to, from DOD to working for Amazon Web Services. We're not sure if that's been proven or that hasn't been proven, in fact, in a court of law. So these are allegations at this point. But if those allegations do prove themselves out to be true, Tom, that's potentially very damaging. It's damaging for DOD, certainly, because it gets to the core of procurement integrity. Uh, it could blow up the JEDI procurement uh, and cause uh, DOD to have to start over again. Uh, it's very serious uh, if there's anything to it for uh, Amazon and for the individuals who are involved. Look, it wasn't that many years ago when government contractors were talking about Darlene Drian, who at the time was a senior DOD acquisition official, and she had a conflict of interest on 
post-DOD employment discussions where she was an active decision-maker on a Boeing procurement, and she was talking with Boeing about going to work for them at the same time. Well, Tom, as many people know, that story didn't have a pleasant outcome. Ms. Druyan ended up in federal prison for nine months. Boeing had to pay multi-millions dollars worth of fines. Several Boeing employees lost their jobs. We're talking about some pretty serious stuff. Oftentimes, when we talk about government contract compliance, Tom, we're really talking about civil penalties, and in fact, that is the great majority of what happens. But let's not forget that if you involve yourself in things that you shouldn't be doing, like conflicts of interest, there are also potential criminal liabilities that accrue both to individuals and to companies. Well, something to think about (laughs) on a long weekend, and don't do that. Yes, don't do that. And while you're sitting around your barbecue, think of more pleasant ways to conduct government business. The fact is, you can have discussions with government employees about coming to work for you, but there are procedures that have to be followed both on your end and on the employee's end. Larry Allen is president of Allen Federal Business Partners. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to The Federal Drive at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. Thank you for listening to The Best of The Federal Drive with Tom Temin here on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. Follow us throughout the day on Facebook and subscribe to The Federal Drive on Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. When you think about something that brings out the best in us, it usually involves helping someone else. By donating plasma at a Griffel Center, you can help save millions of lives and show your good side to the world. You'll join thousands of people who donate safely each week, so patients get the plasma-derived medicines they rely on. And you'll be rewarded up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com.